on this episode of AV Week, we take a look back at ISE 2020. Last time in Amsterdam, Jeremy Caldera, Alicia Henley, Megan Dutta, Matt Scott, Kevin McLaughlin, and Zoe Mutter take a look back at the week. Four days in Amsterdam for ISE 2020. What were the big trends? What will you take away? And what will we miss about Amsterdam? All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 443, recorded Friday, February 14th, 2019, live from ISE 2020. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box, and by Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on, and by FSR. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. If you're not watching this but you're listening, uh, my voice sounds a little different because I'm using a different type of Shermite because we are at ISE 2020. Thank you, sir. Uh, we are going to do kind of what we do at other trade shows where we do a cavalcade of fantastic and famous guests with me to start off. Uh, I'll call them my UK contingent. Uh, my longtime good friend, Mr. Kevin McLaughlin. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And my new friend, uh, Zoe Mutter, who is a new editor for AV Magazine. Welcome, ma'am. Cheers. Lovely to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Well, last time, actually, both of us, uh, all three of us saw each other, was at the AV Magazine Awards uh, yes. back in October. So thank you for having us over uh, to your shindig. Thank you for doing the, the commentary for us in your little green room. In our little green room, yeah. It was, it was neat. Me and Chris Netto, um, hashtag AV in the AM. I think I'm contractually at this point obligated to say AV and the AM whenever I mention Christina's name. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got to come over, got to hang out with some great uh, AV personalities over in the UK and, and from other places as well. Uh, you guys honored a lot of people that night. It's really cool. This is our last ISE at, at, at Amsterdam. Uh, I'm somewhat hedging my bets on that for right now. Um, I have no, no, no knowledge of that. I'm just saying, who knows, right? Uh, the Rhine may expand. The ISC may decide at some point in the next 10, 20 years, sorry, uh, to um, come back. So let's say for right now, this is the last time in Amsterdam for a while. Kevin, your impression of this show, uh, what were your thoughts? What were your big takeaways? Um, well, it was quieter than normal, which I liked. It had a kind of infocom feel to it. You could walk down the aisles, um, you could get places fairly quickly, although that's one downside of the rye is the fact that it's just, um, well, diff difficult to traverse. And I think Barcelona is going to bring um, uh, some uh, ease of getting about and finding uh, the stands you're looking for. Yeah. Zoe, somebody who probably ran around as much as Kevin did. Yes. Um, you guys also had the center stage to produce as well. So yes, you had several conversations. Yep. Uh, what were some of your big takeaways from this week? I'd say again, it, it was easy to get around for us, yeah. but obviously you had various obstacles to overcome with the coronavirus and then the flight delays and cancellations from the UK. So I think even though there were some negatives, it did bring everyone together because I saw people tweeting out, trying to get lifts across in cars from, from the UK. So it, it was only, I'd say, all the exhibitors, it was down 50 Chinese exhibitors, 20 non-Chinese, but out of 1,300, that isn't really that larger number I don't think but yeah it was noticeably less busy on, um, on some of the stands but then some of the halls like hall one six and five I thought was there was 
pretty much a lot, a lot of traffic throughout the day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah let's, let's mention that for a second. The, the biggest manufacturer to pull out was LG. Yeah. Right, uh, that's the most significant one. Um, but there were several others. Um, in addition to that, some companies decided to keep their Asia-Pac employees at home. So we had some reduction of, of attendees or reduction of people there as well. Um, Tuesday, the first day of the show, to me seemed a little bit lighter because of both the coronavirus uh, concerns as well as the delays getting out of the UK. However, Wednesday though, it, it picked back up again, uh, at least from, from my, my vantage point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I think Tuesday morning was really quiet, but then it just picked up and, and there's been pockets where sort of log jams where you can't get past yeah. and it, was, it seemed normal, but then other places that were very quiet. Today's been very quiet. It's, it's Friday. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, as a lot of the exhibitors I've spoken to have said that actually it's been quality over quantity and they've had a better show. And, and um, one of the last uh, stands I was on, Wanland, said they've actually had more leads uh, this year than they had last year. So I think it's not necessarily been, you know, a bad show for a lot of uh, exhibitors. I've heard that phrase, the quali quality over quantity, several times this week, right, including today. Uh, because Zoe and I have kind of the same, we're both kind of like mentally like at the edge here. But Friday we get to walk around <laughs> a little bit more, right? Yes, yeah. And in having longer conversations, right? Because it's, it's, it is a little bit like your show. And, and several times today, uh, this morning especially, uh, I had that quality over quantity. Is that something that you guys felt? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've, I've had more in-depth conversations yeah. rather than quickly having to run around the stand, see everything you can. You can actually talk about plans down the line for things we can cover in the magazine rather than just seeing the new product. So yeah, I've definitely seen benefits from it being less busy. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, I'm going to turn the corner a little bit on you. Uh, the, Ver the Diversity Council had a fantastic event the other day. Uh, you've been heavily involved, especially over here in Europe and in high, uh, obviously over in the UK. Uh, I've been a uh, uh, pleasure to, to, to see, to be a part of two of yours, right? Um, talk a little bit about the, the conversation that happened the other day at ISC about diversity in the AV industry. Well, um, the panel we put together, I think, worked so well. I mean, the keynote speaker, um, June Sarpong, she's obviously a professional, but I think she really engaged the audience and she, she came out with a, a positive, she led with a positive about our industry. The fact that we're so open to you know the working class um, sort of group of people, and therefore uh, we should actually celebrate the fact that we are doing something good. Obviously, we can expand on that and become a lot more diverse, as we know. But you know, I, I really like the way she found a positive to start it off. And um, one of my favourite people uh, of uh, this show was Chris Hope from the Loop Lab. I mean, what a guy, you know. And that 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 man can network. And um, you know everybody who met him just uh, you know was was uh, you know affected by his energy, and what he's doing over in um, Boston is um, well, it's exactly the kind of thing we need to do to bring um, a, a new group, an underrepresented group of, of AV professionals into our industry. Yeah, I met Chris Chris in uh, in DC uh, this past December. He was on a panel that I was I was, I was talking. Uh, and Chris, what Chris does is, is real quickly, he uh, gets underprivileged um, kids and, and teaches them the AV industry and then gets them jobs, right? That is a very, very <laughs> concise ver uh, version of what he does. It's obviously much more involved, but that's what he does. He gets kids that are underserved and, and, and in disadvantaged community and teaches them the industry. It's fantastic. One thing that I want, I want to point out is the event that, that I attended with you back in, in October uh, in London, one of the presentations 
uh, talked about, um, all of the presentations talked about how uh, these AV professionals were able, able to overcome adversity and different um, uh, different hamstrings in their life, right? Different, different um, unfortunateness that happened, and how they were able to, you know, get help through the AV industry. One of the young women talked about the economic diversity, right, and the fact that she was so poor um, uh, in the in I believe she was in, in northern northern UK. That's right. Um, so poor that she could not afford; they couldn't afford to go to her college. She was on on track to go to college through a certain type of, of scholarship or grant. They canceled that program, so she was suddenly out of college, right? No way to pay for it, and was very, very in, in poverty. And she was able to work way, her way out of that through the AV industry and through different employers. It was a fantastic story, but it's a part of, of diversity when we talk about diversity that we don't even think about, right? At least in the, in the states, right? In the states, we have certain demographics that we that we put in in categories and these people are you know if, if you're a woman you sometimes you we need to increase that diversity the person of color in the, in the states you know increase that diversity but economic diversity is something we don't really talk about no and, and like I said that's what um, Jim Sarpong um, pointed out was uh, one of the positives of our industry we're very welcoming for anybody who's working class having said that um, it was um, uh, Jenny from Shaw that, that they gave that presentation and she she talked about how um, you still need a lot of luck and you need doors open for you, you know, and what a beautiful story actually that carries on from what you said is after that event, she actually went back and um, reapplied to finish her uh, degree course. Awesome. So she says up to do that now. Very cool. Uh, I mentioned this a couple of times, this is our last time in Amsterdam. Zoe, as you and I, as, as media partners and, and covers, we're going to start probably next Monday or Tuesday uh, looking at Barcelona um, as, as, as tiring as that sounds already um, but but in all seriousness this is logistically it's, it's a big it's a big lift it's a heavy lift for your organization and my organization what are you looking forward to and what are you guys planning for for the next 12 months I was actually um, looking at our stand and already yeah, back at the stand <laughs> okay. here and um, it does seem much easier to get around the, the halls. I think there's eight or nine halls, whereas here there's, there's about 15. And I think it's all down one central corridor and then the halls are in order for that. So I'm looking forward to that. Just It, it seems to be grouped more logically, I think. Um, I don't know if you've seen the, the layout. Not yet, no. Here it, 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 some of the stuff just don't make sense where they're positioned at all. Yeah, so I think true. if people know what they're interested in, they'll be able to go to a targeted area. And it, it was actually quite interesting that they're partnering with the next web yep. um, for, for next year's show. So I think they're just trying to branch out and do something a bit different, you know, kind of like a, maybe like a Tide conference for, okay. for IC. Yeah, most likely the, the Tide, uh, my, my understanding is they're, gonna, they're probably going to try to look at Tide again. Um, they've kind of put it on pause here in Amsterdam simply yeah. because they've lacked the room. <laughs> to put yeah. tight on here, uh, and they'll have the, the, the space to do yeah, that next year. I know they're mixing up their keynote speakers a little bit, because we had uh, Duncan Wardle deliver the opening keynote yep. here, so they're just trying to take a different approach each year. So he's former head of innovation and creativity at Disney, and yep. um, you wouldn't always expect someone like that to be on the, the main stage opening the show, but it was very interactive and really got the audience involved, and it was really inspiring. Although I think by because of all the flight delays, I think everyone's not really thinking straight by the time he did that. So it's quite interesting doing all the interaction with people, not really knowing what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. No, I think they're probably going to mix that up again next next year and try and bring someone else completely different into the mix. All right. Mr. McLaughlin, as someone who's, who's hit this, these shores and these halls a 100,000 times, what are you looking forward to in the next year for, for Barcelona? For Barcelona? Yeah. Um, 
Well, change is always good, I think, and um, I, I'm definitely going to go to IBC more often so that I can still come to Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but having said that, Barcelona is a wonderful city and uh, I think it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. I think some have expressed some concerns about the logistics of getting there, but I'm sure they'll, they'll work around it. Yeah. A few people I've spoken to on different stands have said this is more convenient for them in terms of shipping all their kit across. Yeah. It's the same with any new location, you've just got to get used to it. Yeah, absolutely it is, it absolutely is. I, I might not be able to travel by train anymore. And that's oh, yeah. Sure you can, it's just a long train ride. <laughs> exactly. Well, for Americans it's probably nothing at all. It's a longer train ride. <laughs> We can go up through up through Alaska, you know, because we're close to Russia there. I know, I got nothing. All right, I'm gonna let you two get out of here. Uh, Zoe, thank you very much. Thank you. Very, very pleasure to have you. Um, how do people get a hold of you or AV Magazine? Um, what, my, my email or? <laughs> just just, just on, on social, <laughs> on? Social, we're at AV Mag, um, Facebook, Audiovisual Mag, LinkedIn, we have a, a group um, and a company page. We've just redesigned the, the whole issue. So new logo, new fonts throughout, all new feature layout so yeah definitely visit our website and check out the digital editions because we went big for ISE it's our biggest issue complete redesign absolutely AV, AV interactive on on their website Mr. McLaughlin um, Instagram AV underscore Kev and Twitter uh, Kev underscore McLaughlin all right this is part two of our coverage of ISE or AV week from ISE uh, with me to uh, talk about what they found this week uh, is a first-timer and an old friend, Alicia Henley. How are you, ma'am? I'm good. I'm tired, but I'm good. You're dead that right there. <laughs> is there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and an old hat at this ISE game, my fellow Illinoisan, Mr. Jeremy Caldera. Hi, bud. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> You're doing well? I'm not as tired, but I'm doing well. I'm surprised at that since I've been out with you a couple times this week. All right, so um, same kind of question, same kind of rep down. Um, Jeremy, we'll start with you on this from an integrator standpoint. Um, the first time you, you came, you and I had a conversation about why, right? Mm -hmm. um, one of those points is the fact that this has turned into one of the biggest, if not the biggest, four days of, of announcing new products, right? Um, not for nothing, but the last 14 days, let's say, has been uh, uh, filled with announcements in general, both from a, a, a merger and acquisition standpoint, as well as brand new uh, announcements. So with that in mind, what were, what's one or two things that you're bringing out from this week, whether it's a new announcement or just how the industry's changing in general? Well, I'm the industry changing in general, with all the announcements, I'm shocked at some of the acquisitions that I've seen this week, yeah. right? Uh, that's been surprising in its own right. Uh, the show has been fantastic. There's been uh, some new products released. Um, I, I'm more impressed with, I think, how, and we talked about this last year, I wanted to see more interoperability and actual integration between manufacturers using more standards, less proprietary type information. And, and I think we're starting to see a lot of that uh, come to fruition. So um, that, that's been impressive. I, I've been really happy with that. Um, even just, you know, there are still some of our manufacturers who are very proprietary, but, but they're still starting to open up those conversations and talks with, with other people. And I think that's ultimately going to be good for the customers and the end users in the long run. So. Yeah. Alicia, as a first time here, what was your first, your first reaction of stepping on the show floor of the Rye? My first reaction was it was like a lot calmer than a grand opening at Infocom. Right? Really? So I, I came into this show kind of comparing it to Infocom because that's the biggest trade show that I've been to. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot more that I was looking for as far as um, enthusiasm, excitement, you know, streamers falling from the seedling, whatever it takes. Um, but once it got going, um, I found it exciting. You had the hunt 
for those um, wow factors, in yeah. my opinion. Um, when you first walk in, you're greeted with the big shiny things. And when you want to really check out what's new and innovative, you kind of had to go and search for those booths and find them in this maze of ISE. So it was interesting. I've I've had a good time though. Yeah, it's a great experience. Uh, we're 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 changing around our, our 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 camera shots here for those that aren't watching on video. Uh, we're overlooking Hall Two, and and if you have been here in the past, you know that Hall Two is one of the major ones. Our last shot, we're going to shoot over Hall Three. Alicia's right though. When you walk into this space, and also obviously also on the far end of the of the of the right. rye halls 13, 12, yep. 11 in there, there's also a, a big um, pro, uh, projection system, including one on the outside of the building at yep. five o'clock uh, every day. Uh, the projection method, yep. right? Something that has been evolved over the last couple of years. They did another one last year. When you look at this show and you compare it to, to Infocom, what can you compare and contrast the two between what they're showing, the possibilities, right? The experience, you, to use the Avixa phrase. Right, um, here it's just a bunch of technology, not necessarily talking about that experience, right? And also, I came here particularly to meet a lot of people and create that experience personally. Yeah. So it was cool to come across the pond and see what the conversation is like. Maybe it's a cultural difference. This is my first time to Europe as well. So um, again, I had a good time, but I'm looking forward to Infocom as well. All right, very good. Jeremy, um, we're looking ahead. We, we've said this a couple times. Uh, we are on our way to Barcelona, basically, at, the, at this point. Um, look ahead as, as somebody who's been a, a volunteer with Avixa, but also as an integrator who does go to these international shows. What are you looking forward to to next year in, in 2021? Uh, I, I want to see if, if the experience becomes more of a thing, like, like she talked about, right? We, we see a lot of really cool technology here, stuff that we sometimes don't even get to see at Infocom. And, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's great because companies like, you know, any integration company, companies like ours, you know, it's our job to create that experience using this technology, yep. obviously. Um, so I, I'm intrigued to see what next year is going to bring as far as the new tech goes. Uh, as far as the location goes, obviously it'll be a little warmer, so that'll be nice. Uh, I don't know what the hall layouts are like. I know that like, at Infocom, you're used to Center Hall, North Hall, whatever it is, you get two enormous right. halls and you can find those kind of outskirt yep. you know booths around the outer edges that have the cool new tech that are five years from yeah. you know becoming the, the major trend yeah. here that's a little harder you know when you've got 15 halls of things to go see you have to be a little bit more strategic about what you're going to look at so uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what the Barcelona layout looks like to see if that kind of simplifies things a little bit from a perspective of anyone that's a first-timer if you will yeah, absolutely that'll be very interesting as, as well um, I, I talked to an integrator the other day and he said I'm still in Hall 5 which uh, he's in Hall 5 here at, at the Rye, and, and in that conversation, it is slightly different, not quite like, like uh, Infocom in, in Vegas. Uh, there are a couple of different number, numbered halls, but there are, I think Zoe mentioned the fact, it's a little bit more uh, laid out. Uh, yeah. It's so. more like a, I hear it's more of like an actual grid. Yes, you know, more of a grid of, system, of, yeah. as opposed to, you know, uh, almost like an Amsterdam neighborhood <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> houses put together is, is kind of how I'd put the Rye. Uh, Alicia, as we wrap up here, what, what are you taking away from your first time? What am I taking away? It's good to come and make these connections, even if ISE or the this side of the world isn't your market, you never know where it's gonna take you in this business, right? So it's yep. good to come across um, borders, explore. Um, there's a lot of manufacturers here that you won't see at Infocom because that's not particularly their market. So it expands you to some things that you could possibly reach out to and bring home to your team, especially if you're an end user or integrator. So that's exciting yeah. from that point of view. Um, and 
this was I was glad to have the opportunity to come. Like I said, I've never been to Amsterdam first first and last ISE. So this was a great experience and it's it's overall a good show, a good place to be. It's the biggest A V show in the world. It's so the why biggest not? A V show in the world, absolutely, why not? Jeremy, what are you what are you taking back to back home to Peoria? Uh, you know, I've, I've actually have found some cool new tech that I, I need to kind of evaluate a little bit that, that, that actually fits some uh, really interesting niches that I'm working on right now. So uh, that, that's kind of the cool thing about coming here. You do get some of that new technology that people who don't exhibit in the United States. Right. Uh, the challenge is going to become getting to source that equipment now yep. that I want because it does fill the need for something that I have. Uh, so it's going to be either sourcing that or finding finding someone who has a similar product right. or something like that. So we have we have friends that work for distributors. So and you we know, do. I'm just saying. Yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> Those are people I will have conversations with over the next I'm certain. I am certain. Uh, all right, Alicia, how do people get a hold of you if they are so inclined, ma'am? At Smooth Factor on all the platforms, um, smoothfactor.com, everywhere. And also, if you've been keeping up the way I'll do it at the show, you can go to Premier Mounts Info, um, basically their Twitter, Instagram, and catch up on some stuff I was doing on the show for, too. Some very cool videos. Thank you. So, uh, I... I, I uh, I felt I felt the one with you on on the uh, on the sub on the subway this morning. So yeah, yeah, that's every morning on the train. Yeah, yeah, so. I wanted to capture a little bit of what we were doing outside of the show floor as well. So again, great experience. Follow me at Smooth Factor all across platforms. All right, very good, Mr. Caldera. Uh, you can get my blogs and everything else at uh, iastechnology.net or my Twitter, which is Jeremy underscore Caldera. All right. All right. Last part of our cover our AV week from uh, ISE 2020. Because I haven't said this yet. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. It's the 14th. So happy Valentine's Day, happy Megan. Happy Valentine's Day, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Dada from, from CN. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am well. Uh, and the uh, compadre and the guy that I couldn't get rid of at all this week, Mr. Matt Scott. How are you? I am well. How are you? Great. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Squeaky. Day. It's awesome. It's awesome. It is. It is. Uh, so we are overlooking Hall 1 now. Yes. Which is really the one that we've been kind of overlooking all week. Yes. Uh, really. Um, so uh, we've been kind of very, very blessed uh, to get this space. Uh, yes. Thanks Thank to Mike Blackman. Thank Mike Blackman and ISE and Avixa and Cedia. Uh, our friends over at Christie gave us the, the video wall that we were standing in front of in, in actually all week, but also here um, at the first segment. Um, Matt, I'll start with you. You're the one who ran around more than I did. That's uh, true. On a bum leg, no less. That is also true. So what what do you taken away from this year? You know, that's an interesting question. And, and everyone you run into asks you pretty much the same thing. How did you feel? What, what's your impression? And like we've been saying for a couple of years, it, it's been incremental from a from a technology standpoint. Yeah. Everything is, is a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit better here, a little bit better there. And I think that one of the main conversations that I had about that was we keep making this move into kind of the IT world, right? Trying to take things from them uh, as far as we're seeing a lot more as, as a service, whether it's software or hardware, whatever, right? Again, that's an IT-centric uh, thought process. That's what incremental advancement is. That's an IT process. They sell you a box and they upgrade the box and they upgrade the box and they upgrade the box. It's not a, this, hey, let's do something big and flashy. It's let's just keep making stuff better for you. And a lot of times that's firmware, right? It's not even a completely new box. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Or software. Upgrade that box. Yeah. It's not a new box. It's that exact box. You're getting new software, new hardware, new firmware, new features to it. And I, I think this is, again, kind of that watershed moment where 
our AV world that we've played in and loved for so long can just continue to get better down the road. And it's not going to be this groundbreaking, you know, like it was when we went 1080 to 4K. Yeah. We're still going to see some of those, but it's going to be incremental. And that's perfectly acceptable. That's that's A-OK. We like it. Um, it, it's wrapping our heads around that because we were so used to ooh, big shiny box. Yeah. That's been colors. my main. Yeah. It's been my main takeaway. Megan, something that's happened honestly probably the last five or six years. Manufacturers have quietly dedicated to ship what they show at this show, at any show really. Uh, I don't think that any of them had made a, a big ginormous press announcement saying we guarantee you that we're going to ship in 90 days or 60 days or whatever. But they've all kind of quietly amongst themselves said, you know what, this is probably a good idea. Mainly because integrators and press for the last 20 years have given them crap about vaporware, right? One of the things though is at Crestron's booth, who they did not get away from that, but they did have a, a section in the center where they weren't saying anything about ship, they were just saying this is possibly the future. And you went through that, talk about that for a second. Yeah, I really like that idea because you want to see kind of the concept car sometimes and you want to see where the companies are going. So instead of just talking about what they're thinking about doing, you can see that they're actively working on it, but they won't give ship dates because they know it's coming. I still asked. Yeah. But, and? you know, some of the, well, some of the stuff was working demos, so you know it's not going to be that far away, okay. but some of the stuff wasn't, and so you know it'll be longer, you know, maybe two years for some of that stuff, but they had some neat future-forward things, and it was interesting to see where they're going as a company. All right. Matt, I want to get both, your, both of your perspective on this. There were a number of announcements this week, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not going to pick on any one company because there, there were a couple that did this of companies getting into new spaces where they haven't traditionally been, yep. which suddenly puts them in direct competition with others, right? And Matt, as an integrator, you know this, you have a favorite amplifier, you have a favorite switcher, you have a favorite uh, IT switch, yep. and let's say you have a favorite speaker. 20 years ago, those were all made by different companies and probably all made by different corporations. Yep. Now, that can all be made by the same exact company. It can have the same screen print on it. Yeah. Talk about it from an integrator standpoint. What are the good side and the bad side of that? Well, the, the good side is the one that they're all touting, right? Is that all of a sudden you're simplifying your supply chain, you're hopefully simplifying your service chain, your support chain. You can go to manufacturer A and get 90% of what you need to complete any project and, uh, again, have a, have a cohesive solution. The downside of that is, and again, I'm not picking on anyone particularly, yeah. or even saying that this is going to be accurate, but there's always that potential that you go to manufacturer A or manufacturer B and they have that complete solution, but what you really need to build the best you know, experience and, and solution for your client is a little bit of both. Okay. And it's understanding and at times, dare I say, pushing back against that manufacturer who says, no, you, we need you to buy this full line and say, well, it's not always the best solution. Sometimes it, it makes sense to take pieces from different manufacturers to make that product better. And I think it's going to be you know, a bit of a growing pain. We, we've seen this, as you said, over the last couple of years, where these manufacturers just keep expanding their footprint in the markets they play in and the, the, the products they supply. It will be that, that learning curve of how you apply that in your own business. And that's really what it comes down to, is your business. Because you may be able to go and do that and just buy from a single supplier and be perfectly happy and fit all of your clients. Megan, as somebody who covers this and you used to work for a manufacturer as well, some of this has been through 
I'm going to say pure innovation. In other words, they they created these these products from the ground up. Some of them have, though have been mergers and acquisitions, right? Talk for a second about the differences between you know looking at and covering a, a company that said they homegrown this, right? They, they their R and D is what is what produced this product, opposed to somebody who is purchasing it, right? Purchased the, the, a company and then had to integrate it, like Matt said, and in, back into their company. Well, I think sometimes people feel more comfortable with someone that that's literally all they focus on and yeah. do. And it's harder to integrate. I know there's a lot of, even just company cultures are different when you merge. Yep. Like Legrand has, not to pick on them, but they have so many brands now. It can be difficult to merge all those cultures into one. So sometimes people on the outside feel that change. Yep. But I also think there's a lot of partnerships that people are working on instead that's of creating competitive products. They're working together when their products are similar to create a, a full solution for yeah. an integrator. One one company, and again, this is not to highlight anybody, uh, I talked with our, with our buddy Simon Dudley, who works for Logitech. They had several announcements this week that were some of the, the normal players you'd expect. They have one with Google, they have one with Team, they have one with Crestron. Mm -hmm. That one right there was huge from, from both Jake companies. Yeah, yeah, from both companies' camps, honestly. We have an interview with that, an exclusive on avnetwork.com. Ne Very cool. Yeah, I think it was huge. Well, and, and that's a really good key, though, is you're seeing that when we saw that between Sennheiser and Bose. Yep. They're, and again, this is the Two sound companies. Two sound companies coming together to make a package that fits that solution, again, just as we were talking, really, really well. And I think that's, the again, the, the double-edged sword of this, is you have those manufacturers saying, hey, we make everything, buy it all from us. Yep. At the same time, recognizing that there are times when, in you know, Crestron's case, Adding Logitech into that is a natural and very, very effective fit. It's just a matter of, again, navigating what those relationships work or look like and how they suit your business and your clients. You know, at the end of the day, this is still about, you know, the, the end user client. And you've got to find the way, both from the integrator standpoint, the consultant standpoint, the manufacturer standpoint, you have to find the best possible way to provide that experience to that end user. Megan, uh, real quickly, uh, we talked to Kevin McLaughlin about the Diversity Council uh, meeting. Talked to you about the Women's Council, the, the Mix of Women's Council. You guys had a meeting and also a presentation uh, this week. Whether it's here at ISC, which which is important from an international standpoint, but also at Infocom and others, uh, the Chicago chapter, which is the closest one to me because I haven't gotten off my butt and started the St. Louis one. Uh, you guys have one the first week of March. Um, how important are chapters like that and, and events like this at ISC? at Infocom to bring folks together. I think it's a great way to not only bring people together for networking, but also to encourage diversity to attend these shows. You know, if they know there's a place for them and they're not gonna feel like I'm the only person of color, I'm gonna be the only female there and they can go meet other people like them, it's really gonna help grow the show. And it also gives it visibility to everybody else. All right, Matt, as we uh, wrap up here. No, um, no Canadian Council? What? No Canadian Council? Uh, there's three no, of you. No, 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 I know there's a women one, but I specific, yeah, there's no, diversity, start. there's women in AV, no, no. You're on the international, the yeah. international council. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't get an email about that one. Uh, you got lost. I should join that. Um, ask you both this. All of us are heading to Barcelona next year. Yes. Uh, in 12 months. Uh, what are your thoughts as we leave Amsterdam? What are your thoughts as we get into Barcelona? Phew. Uh, on one hand, I'm going to be sad to see Amsterdam go. This, this city's grown on me more than I thought it would. Um, the, you know, the mishmash of halls and the massive commutes hall to hall 
won't necessarily be disappointing. But we still don't know completely what we're going to get in Barcelona. I haven't been there yet. haven't taken a look at it. Uh, it it's going to be entertaining. I'm looking forward to maybe not bringing my massive parka because I'm cold and a wimp at times. Uh, no gloves and scarves should be awesome. But, I, you know, it's one of those things. As much fun as trying to get out and see the city uh, for a little bit is, we're here for business. Uh, I spend the majority of my time on the floor or sitting at a restaurant. The, the local scene matters, but it, it doesn't. It's, I'm more excited to, you know, see all the manufacturers, see all the, the people that we've come to know and become friends with. Yeah. And that's, no matter where it is, we'll still have that community. And that's, to me, that's the, the, the bigger driving factor. Absolutely. Name? Can I just do a what he said? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. It's good. What yeah, he said. Take it. Great. What yeah. he said. <laughs> all right, that'll work. Uh, thank you both so much, Ms. Megan. Dutta from SCN. How do people get a hold of you or SCN? You can find me on Twitter at Megan A. Dutta and SC, at SCN Mag. All right. Mr. Scott. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at Matthew Scott and uh, here at Aviation. You'll find all of our videos as well as Resi Week, which I host as well, in addition to occasional guest spots on AV Week when Tim lets me come in pontificate. Possibly. Possibly. Soon. Potentially. Maybe in March or April. Maybe in March or April. We'll see. I All might right. even host it once or twice. Who knows? Maybe in Stay March tuned. or April. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. All right. Uh, for me, don't follow me on the Twitters. Uh, at this point, I'm talking about the Blues because football season's over and I don't like baseball. Uh, it was over like second week for you. Next I start. know, I know. Bears fan. Um, but for more importantly, uh, Matt and a couple other people work really hard on our website, so go check that out. Avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. You'll find programs like this and a host of others including all of the work that Matt did and none of it that I did on, at ISC this week, ISC 2020. Uh, also check out our underwriter section. These are the folks who help us financially and support us, help us bring you AV Week and Matt's Resi Week and coverage of ISC 2020, all that and more. I'd like to thank Mr. Matt Scott. I'd like to thank Tess, our shooter, and Mitchell, our ever patient editor <laughs> who has a roll of tape on me now that he has jokes for days. He does indeed. We keep him highly. If you, if you ever doubt the entertainment of our B-roll, yeah, one, you'll never see it, and two, Hopefully. it's fantastic. Like if he ever, if he ever like ends up missing, we'll all see. We'll it. know why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but, but we'll also have, we'll have the B-roll. Yeah. So. Um, also, thank you to to Christy and to all of our sponsors, to Bose and to, to Control Four. Um, and to all of our friends in the industry, um, Megan's here. Um, behind the scenes here is, is uh, Jimmy Caldera and Alicia Henley and uh, uh, Meg McKenna uh, and uh, Gina uh, Sansevero, uh, Mike Blackman and, and Dave Lubuskis and uh, Tabitha O'Connor from ISC and for uh, Infocom and uh, CD. Honestly, uh, it's been an interesting five-year run for us here in Amsterdam. Uh, I am going to personally be sad to see us go. Uh, looking forward to Barcelona. Uh, looking forward to the next adventure, but really, really humbled after five years we're still doing this. So, thank you all so much. Thank you much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week.